Hi, welcome to Redeem the Commute. I'm Ryan, your host for The Money Course, and we're shifting gears a little bit. Up to now, we've been talking about budgeting, an important component of keeping watch over and understanding how we spend and uh, earn our money. And now we're going to take a different tack, and we're going to look at what Christians believe about money. What did Jesus have to say about it, and how does it influence how somebody deciding to follow Jesus deals with money and possessions? We're going to be using some content that was originally written for a course called Following Jesus, a course that we're going to be releasing on Redeem the Commute in entirety soon. But here's a sneak peek. Enjoy. Welcome to week four. I can't believe we're almost done the course. But I uh, hope you're having a good time learning about following Jesus. This week, we, uh, as you can see from the screen, are looking at the place of money, time, and stuff in, uh, in a Christian life, in a life of following Jesus. And this is a, a challenging topic for many people, and, and it has more to do with the first word than the other two, money. It can often cause people to tense up. They think, oh, no, do they have to talk about money at church? Because um, maybe you've had a bad experience, maybe you've heard about people having a bad experience, you just wonder what, what it could possibly have to do with following Jesus. Well, we have to talk about it because if I were to hand you a Bible with 15% of the, uh, of the text cut out, you'd be awfully suspicious, wouldn't you? If I told you I was going to teach you what it meant to follow Jesus, and, and you could find out in this book, and I handed you a book full of holes that I'd cut out, you would think I was up to no good. I was intentionally holding something back from you and making sure you didn't know what Jesus really said because it's embarrassing for me or because I, I just don't want you to know about it. Well, Jesus spoke about money an awful lot. He spoke about it more than sex. And uh, the way his followers uh, argue sometimes, you'd think it was the opposite. But uh, in fact, Jesus talked about money um, all the time and possessions all the time. Uh, 15% of all that's written in the Bible as having been said by Jesus has to do with money and possessions. So if we didn't talk about this, we couldn't really rightfully call this course following Jesus because we'd have left out a pretty important part. Jesus knew that money was a spiritual issue in our lives, not just an economic one. And that's why he spoke about it so often and why it's important for us to speak about it. I think Jesus knew that uh, our society is driven by money. Um, and I don't, you know, when I say our society, uh, obviously I don't just mean today. I mean human societies are, are largely driven by the economy. From our earliest days, we're, we're taught that what matters is, is money. We spend a lot of time and energy thinking about it. How much do I need? How much do I have? How do I get more? How do I keep what I have? How do I spend it right? We deal with those kinds of issues every day of our lives. Thoughts of money are never far from us. And the other aspects of our lives can often be traced back to money in some way. Whether we eat, where we go on vacation, um, what we do with our days, how many hours we have to spend at home, all these things are related to, uh, to money in some way or another. So our culture is very easily obsessed with money, and Jesus' statements about money can sometimes seem a little bit old-fashioned. He said them so long ago, we can wonder, you know, in a, in a, in a very, you know, early civilization, um, how Jesus' words about money uh, could make sense to them as well as us. 
Jesus' principles of money uh, are not the principles of modern financial planning. You shouldn't be surprised if you read about Jesus and money or you hear me talk about it today and, and you find it's not what you learn elsewhere in society. Don't be surprised. Jesus never claimed he was telling us the way the world was. Jesus was telling us about the way the world should be and could be and would be. Jesus was thinking very differently about money from others, and that was quite, quite purposeful. Jesus' followers are called to develop a radically different way of thinking about every aspect of life, not just money. But Jesus knew our hearts. He knew the human heart in all its complexity, and he knew that our attitude towards money could have a profound influence for good or ill on our spiritual growth. Jesus knew a few things about people and their money. Number one, he knew that money was an issue of power. Money has a seductive power. It can draw us into its sphere of influence. And before we know it, we can be working for money rather than life. Do you know people who, who you can sort of say, you know, oh, they, they work to travel, they, they, they work to get home to their family, they work to play hockey, things like that, right? Money can very quickly become the end in itself for many of us. As time passes by, um, we get sucked into its, its influence. It calls us, it drives us, it threatens us, it rewards us. It's a deeply rooted power that we don't even recognize all the time, but Jesus certainly did recognize it. And that's why Jesus once said, no one can serve two masters. One cannot serve God and money. It's interesting here. This is the one thing that Jesus seems to be putting on par with God in terms of its power over our lives, its ability to become the center of our lives. Remember the, the wheel that we talked about in Christianity 101. We had a wheel with a hub at the center and the different spokes that were supposed to be different parts of our lives that, that work when they're centered around that one strong hub that's perfectly shaped to, to be at the center. What we do um, in Act 2 of our six-act play is we pop the hub out and we try to put spokes in and try to make them the center of the wheel and the whole thing falls apart. Well, Jesus knew that money meant to be a spoke in our lives, something at the periphery, part of our lives all the same, was a very tempting thing to put at the center of life. We could very easily take that spoke of money and shove it into the center, and, and it's, it's one of those things that can very easily pretend to be God. Jesus knew that, and he warned people, saying, you cannot serve both God and money. Now, you'll know he's saying serve God and serve money. He's not saying that money is inherently bad in itself. You can't have any. Get rid of it all. You're not allowed to eat. You're not allowed to sleep under a roof, sleep under the stars. That's not what Jesus is saying. But Jesus is saying money will make you serve it if you let it. So be careful. You can't serve God. You can't claim to be following Jesus and following money. It's one or the other. Who will be Lord of your life? Who will be right at the center there with everything else revolving around it? Is it going to be money at the center with Jesus at the periphery? Or is it going to be Jesus at the center with money at the periphery? Money can lure us into its service if we allow it. Well, Jesus also knew that left to our own devices, we would define ourselves by money. We'd find our identity in it. It happens all the time, right? Uh, there's a reason people dress a certain way, buy certain things, go certain places. It communicates something about who you are 
in our society. We, we begin to think that our worth as a person is our net worth. It's interesting, if you ask somebody what their net worth is, they're going to tell you their, their dollar value, right? If they even tell you. But really, your worth is a lot more than a dollar symbol. And yet, the language of our society says your net worth, your entire worth, is a number. It's important for us to realize how this can, this can get into our consciousness and become who we are. We start to think that um, we show our value or our importance in life um, by having a certain house, a certain car, a certain boat, or a boat at all, wearing certain clothes. By doing all those things, we can show we're getting ahead and that we're important people. It's been noted many times in our society that we spend money we don't have on things we don't need to impress people we don't even like. And it's one of those things that's funny because it's got, a, got some truth to it. We know we do it, uh, and that's why it's, it's, we can kind of laugh at ourselves. Shop till you drop, right? Born to shop. These are all these slogans um, that, that we kind of can laugh at because, well, we know it is actually something true about our society, even though we're a little uncomfortable with it. Jesus knew where all that would lead, to emptiness. Um, my wife and I once went out for dinner when we first moved to Toronto, and I, I remember the, the next table over, there was this old man there uh, with a very young woman. And it was just kind of an awkward table to, to be next to because they were just over the top. Like this young lady who, who was just didn't seem to be his granddaughter. Um, <laughs> you know, they were just having way too good a time. It, it was almost flirtatious. And, and she had her iPhone out, and she was trying to show the old man how to use his iPhone, and, and, and he really just didn't get it. And she was just cackling in laughter, and, and they just seemed to be having the time of their lives. And we got a little suspicious that, that it was all just a little fake. Um, maybe somebody was paid to be here, and probably not the old man. Well. After dinner, we, we walked out of the restaurant, we walked around the neighborhood a little bit, and we saw that same man again, and he was a very different man. Now he was walking alone on the street, clearly his time had run out, and he looked so sad. He looked so lonely. And we could see that even though he appeared to be a certain way with his money, when he was spending it a certain way, once that money ran out, it was clear that he was actually a different person. That money can change who we appear to be, but it can't change who we really are. Someday it runs out, and the appearance uh, disappears as well. That rush to consume and spend and hoard is, is so far removed from the truth of who we are and who we are created to be. We can pretend to be someone else for a while through money, but it can't actually change who we are. What are some of the ingrained assumptions that you have about money? Hope you'll discuss this with some friends, family, fellow commuters, colleagues, somebody else in your life who you could share this course with and have a discussion about what you've been learning. Have a great discussion. I'll see you tomorrow.